It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning and welcome now time for the Health and Wellness Show here on 103.5 FM and 560 AM WVOC. Coming up in the hour, we'll be talking to Nurse Adina. She'll be joining us in just about 20 minutes or so. Talk about the, the services that she has in store for you. Um, someone with a, a cancer diagnosis, a family member, a friend, or maybe it's you. Uh, and the services she offers, we'll talk more about that coming up. Uh, Jim Snell will be by from the law office of James Snell. He joins us next half hour on the program. We get things started though today. Uh, with an opportunity for you to see clearly without glasses or contact lenses, Dr. Gary White is uh, back in the house from Advanced Vision Clinic. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Great to be here. Good to see you, as always. I love yeah. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to tell you, because you know we've been been kind of documenting this on the air during the weekday show. I think you and I have talked about it. Our uh, One of our boys came out to see, I guess about a month ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was afraid that his vision might be too bad to benefit from corneal correction treatment. Um, but, you know, I mean, heck, saw him uh, last weekend, Mother's Day weekend, on a couple of occasions. And for the first time in his life, he's driving a car without glasses or contact lenses. And it really is a remarkable thing. Uh, it turns out, no, his vision wasn't too bad. You've got to be pretty darn bad, your your eyesight does, in order not to be eligible for this. Let's talk about it this morning. Yeah, so um, eligibility, we, we can do um, – numbers don't always mean a lot to people, but if you wear contact lenses, you know kind of the numbers on the prescription in your contacts. Mm -hmm. Um, We can do up to a minus 10. So what does that mean? That means you probably can't see much past your nose. Wow. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The big E on the chart, you wouldn't even see that. You wouldn't even be able to see that. Wow. So, um, uh, and for instance, on um, uh, the case you're talking about with your son, his was about half of that. I believe right, he's like five, 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 I think five it's fifty, his, his something around there. Yeah. Lenses, yeah. So, uh, well within the range. And even at that prescription, you probably don't see the big E on the chart very well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so we could treat pretty high prescriptions and also a lot of people ask about astigmatism. Yes. So we could treat astigmatism as well, uh, up to a minus four. Again, that's a pretty high amount of astigmatism. If you have astigmatism correction in your contact lenses, that means you have a fair amount of astigmatism, so we, we can correct that as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then also on the other end of the spectrum, which is the opposite, which is uh, kind of where you're at, being a little bit farsighted. Yeah, yeah. yeah the older where, I get. <laughs> yeah, the old age thing, where uh, you can see far away, but up close is blurry. And then eventually it starts to affect both. Uh, so we can treat that end of the spectrum as well. And, which is called farsightedness or hyperopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that case, we can go not quite as high as the other, you know, myopia, right. but we can do up to a plus seven, 
which still is pretty, pretty far. Yeah, yeah. Or, or pretty high. Yeah. yeah it's funny because my wife was <clears> just <throat> asking me uh, uh, the last couple of days. She says, "Well, now I know how well this has worked for us for our, our, our son." And she said, "Does uh, can you do like for us old people who can't see up close?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can take care of that too. So you might be hearing from her here for long. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so this is so so here in the case of uh, of my son. A kid who had uh, he was wearing a five and a half powered contact lens. I think you told me last time we talked that, you know, the the twenty twenty kind of thing. His was like maybe twenty eight hundred. I think you said. Yeah, probably. Um, and and now he's. Last time you saw him last week, uh, I think he was twenty twenty, maybe even twenty fifteen in one eye. Right. Right. It's 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 it's. Yeah. it's, it's <laughs> I know I keep saying this word, but it really is a game changer. Yeah, this is a kid who was paying just for contact lenses alone. About twelve hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Not to mention the eye exams and you know everything else. So let's talk about the process. Uh, corneal correction treatment. Now the first thing, whenever you talk about correcting vision or doing anything with the eye, the first thing people think, oh, okay, uh, this is gonna hurt. Um, right. it's gonna be some kind of an invasive procedure, gonna cut on something, yada yada yada. Uh so corneal correction treatment. There's nothing cut on here. No. No, it's it's very uh non-invasive so with corneal correction treatment basically it corrects your vision while you sleep so just have a good night's sleep wake up take these moldings off and you can see go about your day do whatever you need to do uh go swimming do your sports go to work you know do your activities and not have to worry about glasses and contacts um so how it works is while you're sleeping is the cornea is very moldable. It's very flexible. It's like your skin. Mm -hmm. So if you sleep on a rough surface, you know, your skin kind of takes on that shape. Right, yeah. And Or if you wear a ring for a while, you take that ring off, it kind of takes that shape, holds that ring impression on your skin. Cornea will do the same thing. So um, in in nearsightedness, which is the aspect where the eye, uh, where you can't see things far away because mm, right. the eye's too long for the power of the eye. So the cornea, the outer surface of the eye, what the molding is what we call it because mm -hmm. it molds the cornea to the proper shape. Right. It's very, very, uh, uh, no surgery. And as far as pain goes, there's no, there's no pain or, or after effects or anything like that because there's no surgery, no cutting on tissue, no destroying tissue, right. just replacing it or displacing it. So for someone who has worn contacts all their lives, this is this is not a big deal at all. It's like putting, I guess, like kind of like putting a contact lens in your eye when you go to sleep. Right. Yeah. It's Can just a, it's just very similar to a contact lens. You put it in. Uh, if you've never worn contacts before, surprisingly, a lot of people come to me and they say, "Well, I've tried contact lenses. I can't wear them. I couldn't get them in my eye. I just didn't like contacts. I I just can't do that contact lens thing." Those patients actually do very well with this. Because even though they're similar to a contact, you're just sleeping in them. And the material is right. a little bit different, so they're a lot easier to put on and off. So people that even could not be a contact lens wearer can do this. Well, uh, case in point, uh, uh, Michael Nicholson was with us last right. time for the Moving Squad. Uh, and he's the one who turned me on to all this uh, back first part of the year when he came in one day and said, what do you notice that's different? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the most observant person in the world. <laughs> but, uh, so it took me a moment or two, and I said, you're not wearing glasses. I'd never seen the guy not wear glasses. And uh, he, had, he had come and seen you, and it had it was like maybe a week after he got his molds. 
yeah. uh, from you. That he, and he was like over the moon, ecstatic about this. But he was a person, case in point, who told me he was never able to wear contact lenses. And I thought, well, so how's this working out with this? This is not a problem for him. Right. Um, you wear them every night. Yep. But I believe you've said in the past that the more you, the longer you wear them, it, it, there's the potential that you may not have to wear them every night. How's that work? Right. So uh, it's, I'll go back to the ring example again. Mm -hmm. So the longer you wear a ring um, and then you take it off, the longer it's going to hold that impression. Okay. Yep. So if you've only worn it for maybe a couple of days, take it off, it might not hold the impression very long. If you've worn it for 20 years, take it off, it's going to hold that impression longer. Mm -hmm. So uh, same thing with the cornea. Actually, it may not come off after 20 years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, in 20 years, or I mean, in, um, and so the cornea is very similar. So then what happens is we um, have you wear the molding at least three or four months every night. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you go to like a retainer, we call it. And that retainer is just used just to maintain that shape. Okay. And that retainer might still be worn every night, or it might only be worn once a week or anything oh, wow. in between there. Okay. Just often enough just to maintain that shape. And you're going to know. You'll know by your vision starts getting blurry, pop sense. them in. Yeah. Right. Now, okay, you say wear them at night. Now, the length of time at night varies from person to person. Yeah, yeah. Um, is yeah for somebody like me who might sleep five five and a half hours a night usually most nights during the week is that long enough? Or? Yeah, five five hours. We usually in the beginning recommend about six to ten hours, mm -hmm. and also we have people that do shift work. Like sometimes they work at night, so they okay. sleep in the daytime. Sure. So whenever so sleep whenever is. you're sleeping, yeah. Okay. Um, but about six to ten hours, and say uh, one night you're only going to get four hours of sleep or five hours of sleep or something. You can pop them in like an hour before going to sleep, so then you get the full six hours in if you need to. But after you've been wearing them for a while, you probably don't need the full six hours. You know, if you're only gonna get five hours, that's probably enough. I actually yeah. had somebody ask me the other night about this, uh, and they asked me what it cost. They they were, they were thought by, by listening to us talk about this, uh, that this is something that would probably cost them fifteen or $20,000. Wow. Yeah, I uh, guess I'm underselling it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: it would be easily worth that over yeah. the course of a lifetime. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, but uh, but the, the cost of this is nowhere near that. No, no, nowhere near. So um, it's a lot less than say LASIK procedure or mm. or any type of surgical procedure to correct vision. Yeah, about half the cost of that. Uh, we're looking at um, you could do it for. Uh, a very low cost. It depends on the prescription, of course. Sure. So the higher the prescription, the more the cost. But um, uh, any range is is going to be 175 a month or something like that. You mm -hmm. know, so it's probably in the long run. After a couple of years, you end up saving money. Right. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you're not. They're paying twelve hundred dollars a year for contacts or or glasses and contacts, and mm -hmm. you know, after a couple of years, it pays for itself. Let's talk about, because this is not all you do at Advanced Vision Clinic, uh, and I know one of the things that you have a passion for is working with, with kids and how important it is to get them started on an eye care program early. Why is that? Yeah, it, because the earlier you can catch somebody that's starting to have nearsighted problems where the eyeball is getting too long for the power of the eye mm -hmm. um, or the cornea is too powerful for the length of the eye, what we could stop is the... Uh, in kids 
is slow down or stop the progression of the length of the eye. So as they're growing, as they're changing, and, and you got a history of uh, nearsightedness in the family, it's even more of an issue. Uh, as uh, these kids are on electronic devices more, mm-hmm. not spending as much time outside, on the computers more, on, on their phones more, um, there's more chance of uh, this happening, the eyeball elongating. Mm-hmm. And, and so what the moldings do, that's one way we treat them, is wearing the moldings. Okay. Uh, but there's other ways we treat it as well. But it it's um, the number one way because it it corrects their vision, but also helps prevent it from getting worse mm-hmm. okay. or slows down the progression. How how young is too young? Um, for this, we do it as young as seven, eight years old. Okay. You know, um, sometimes at that age, mom and dad have to put put them in for them. Right. Yeah. You know, but. It, usually after a little while, a few months or so, the kids do it themselves. Yeah. You mentioned there are for, maybe for kids that are younger than that, there are other other, other options, options. Yeah, like eye drops or stuff mm-hmm. to help keep the eye from getting elongated too much. Because it's it's not just important to keep out of glasses for the elongation of the eyeball, but it's also for health issues. So um, if you keep the eye from getting too long. It weakens it as it gets longer. Mm-hmm. And as it gets longer, it gets weaker, more susceptible to uh, problems later on like glaucoma, macular degeneration, right. retinal diseases, things like that, that um, can be avoided early on if you treat it early and keep the eyeball from getting too long. And I guess one of the challenges is, I mean, as kids are, you know, three, four, maybe five years old, they don't realize, unless the parent realizes, hey, you should be able to see that. Right, but they don't know the difference to be able to tell you that oh, I don't think I can see like you do. But right, uh, so as a parent, you got to really be paying close attention to that sort of thing, and it's going to be the parents that are, are, are really the ones that are going to say, ah, "We need to go take you to see somebody." Right, right. Yeah. Um, it, it's and then especially at that age, but then once they get in school age, then of course they can. I can't see the board at school or right. having trouble seeing things. But um, younger than that, yeah, they they have nothing to compare it to. So they, they just think what they see is, is normal. And like a lot of people, yeah, you tell them once they get their eyes corrected, the first time they got glasses or whatever, they say, oh, wow, I didn't realize that individual leaves well, on my, the trees. That, my wife was that way, she said, when she was in grade school. She had no yeah. idea. She thought it was the way everybody saw. You're right. Until she got her first set of specs, which she hates glasses. <laughs> Yeah, most boy. I mean, they're just a pain if you have to wear them all they the time. Are. I mean, they, they, are. they just are, especially when you walk out when it starts getting good and humid around here, and uh, yeah, fog up, and yeah, been through all that. So it's uh, get them started early, and and then yeah. how, how often should that child be uh, coming back to see you to make sure that the, that things are progressing properly? Yeah, um, in the beginning, about every uh, six months, four to six months, depending on how. Uh, progressive they are mm-hmm. and then also um, after about a year or so uh, then yearly okay yeah and I guess as far as folks who are getting the CCT older folks adults uh, is a kind of regular regimen there I guess to be sure that th- nothing's changed I suppose right follow exactly. up on yearly basis. checks okay. yeah and that's important I always tell everybody even though you can see clear your vision you feel like your vision's great now um, and you're seeing good, that doesn't mean you stop seeing the doctor. Right. Well, there are other things that can develop. Right, right. Glaucoma, Mm -hmm. macular degeneration. Exactly. You know, uh, so you still need to 
uh, have your eye health checks sure. every year. Yeah. All right. It's Advanced Vision Clinic. Uh, Dr. Gary White, and by the way, he won't say this, so I will, one of the pioneers in this treatment. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I know. So uh, the, this is the these are the folks to, to, to see and, and find out how you, too, can ditch the glasses and contacts and forever. It's really, it really is amazing. Dr. White, good to see you, buddy. How do folks reach you at Advanced Vision Clinic? Um, they can go to the website, advancedvisionclinic.com, advanced mm-hmm. or they can call at 803-708-9834 um, is the office phone number. Again, advancedvisionclinic.com mm-hmm. or uh, 803-708-9834. I know you guys have extended hours on what Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think you're open. Right. Till 7 on Tuesdays and well, Thursdays. And, yep. All right. Great. Yep. Good, to, good to see you again, my friend. And uh, we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Have a great yeah. weekend. Great being here. Thank you. With a cancer diagnosis, we were lost and overwhelmed. So many decisions and Dr. Google was no help. We turned to Nurse Adina an oncology-certified nurse who's helped thousands of people throughout her career. She gave us compassion and understanding of the cancer journey. I get it. It's enough to make your head spin, but there is a better way. A beacon of hope when you or your loved one's life has been hijacked by cancer. Schedule your free online consultation at Nurse Adina. That's A-D-I-N-A dot com. The lawyers and staff at the Law Office of James Snell are there to help those with injuries and workers' compensation claims, car accidents, on-the-job, and other accidents resulting in injuries. They want to help everyone resolve their claim as quickly as possible, but they'll never recommend you accept a settlement that's unfairly low. The Law Office of James Snell, recognized by AVA with a 10 and an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau. There's no cost to speak to them. Insurance companies make their money by denying and minimizing otherwise valid claims. The Law Office of James Snell can help. They're not looking to try to take every small mishap, but focus on real injuries that deserve to be taken seriously. The Law Office of James Snell. I'm Jim Snell. Contact me at snelllaw.com. That's three L's, snelllaw.com. The Law Office of James Snell since 2004 with offices in Lexington and Columbia. And we're back on the Health and Wellness Show and joined by Nurse Adina. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. We we start a couple weeks ago, we started talking about uh the list of the do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts when it comes to you know, having a conversation with someone who's been diagnosed with cancer. The things you you should say, you should talk about, the things you should stay away from. And you've yeah. got a list of about twelve things, as I recall. And I th- yeah, I think absolutely. we I think we got through about seven. Yep, uh, a couple of weeks ago, so a few more left to go. A few left to go. So if, if you missed that couple, th- you can go to the, your website, nurseadina a d i n a dot com, and uh, you'll on have those blog. posted there on your blog. Okay, good. Or you can go back and check out the podcast of our discussion from a few weeks ago. That would have been end of April, April thirtieth, I guess it was, uh, at wvoc dot com under the podcast tab of the Health and Wellness Show. So you can check them out there. Okay, so we got through uh, seven of them in our last discussion. But there are five more, and we wanted to get right to them so we can try to wrap this up and not leave anything dangling here. So let's go with, uh, what, number number seven or number eight? Number seven, I guess it is, right? Eight. Number eight. Well, I guess seven. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Okay. Number <laughs> eight, the do's and the don'ts. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think people mean well when they talk about, you know, when they're trying to talk to someone with cancer. But, okay. 
Um, like I said, it typically falls flat. Um, and a lot of times, because we don't want to go down the painful path, we want to just kind of band-aid and put a pretty bow on it as best as possible. Sure. And, you know, it's that false hope. It's, you know, don't try to predict the future, as I say. You know, you're not a genie with a crystal ball. You know, a lot of times we like to say things like, I know you're going to get through this, or don't worry, you're going to be fine. It'll all work out. Mm. Um, and no one really knows what the future brings, right? So we no. don't want to pretend that we have some all-knowing wisdom when we don't. No. And um, Because when someone going through cancer does hit what I call a speed bump or a fork in the road, um, it can make them feel like they have failed. And that's, yeah. that's so not true. Um, so, you know, there are other things, you know, something like, you know, it's very normal to have concerns, you know, if you want me to help you break them down and I'm, I'm here for you or, um, limbo and uncertainty are hard, right? I'm sorry. Life yeah. is so unpredictable. How can I, how can I help? So don't pie in the sky, somebody. Oh, it's all going to be don't fine. Don't pie in the sky. Don't pretend you know the outcome. Right, because no, heck, you don't know your own outcome. I mean, right. We're all listed exactly. as day to day, aren't we? I mean, regardless. Yep, exactly, exactly. Perfectly healthy folks may not be here tomorrow, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, yeah. okay, well, that's that's a great point. So yeah, no, no pie in the sky. And and you're right. We we want to we want to try to lift somebody up. Uh, right. You know, we want to be supportive, but boy, you got to be real careful about how you do that. That's that's a good point right there. Right. All right. So number eight. Nope. I think um, the other thing that people make the mistake of is they push their religious beliefs onto that person. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a woman of faith. I love Jesus, but I know not everyone comes from my, from where I believe. Right. True, and true. people say things that are hurtful or shallow. You know, miracles happen every day, or uh, everything happens for a reason. No, it doesn't. Everything does not happen for a reason. Or, you know, the most misquoted verse in the Bible, in my opinion, which is God doesn't give us more than we can handle, because he most certainly does, right? Mm -hmm. God always gives us a little more than we can handle, because if he only gave us what we could handle, we wouldn't need him. Right. Right? right. And so it's just really not a good idea to put your spiritual perspective onto someone else. Um, I've heard people say, to their uh, loved ones in the hospital. Well, you better get your affairs with Jesus in order. You better make sure you're right with God. Mm -hmm. That's a terrible thing to say. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I don't always have, I don't always know the right thing to say, but please know I have the best of intentions. Like my heart is in the right place. Um, right. Start from there. And you're or, probably you know, be you're good. making some really great decisions. Um, and I think you're doing a great job. What what happens when somebody in this situation says, "Well, yeah, I I I know this is difficult," and when that person's never been through it before, I mean, that can be perceived by uh, that person with that cancer diagnosis. Well, how do you know? Right. Yeah, because you don't know unless you've been through it already. Right. But you can you can have empathy in that you may have already had a loved one or a close friend go through this and mm -hmm. saw their journey. Maybe this isn't your first time, you know, experiencing being on that side of the fence, if you will. Sure. 
and I, I guess maybe in a larger sense, uh, Adina, what we're talking about here really applies to to anything and everything, not just a cancer right. diagnosis. Just be authentic. Yeah, yeah. And genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be difficult sure. to do sometimes. I know. I know. It is very hard to do sometimes. Okay. All right. That was uh, number eight. And that that kind of goes along with the next one, which is, you know, don't assume that you know what they're going through. Right. Right. Don't say things like, um, I could never do what you're doing. Or, I know how you feel. Or, oh, you're so much stronger than me. I could never do this. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could. You most certainly could. If you were diagnosed with cancer, you would put your big girl panties on and you would get up and you would do what you need to do and you would find that inner strength to push forward. Right? Right. So you want to be compassionate, right? But don't um, don't assume that you know what it's like to go through treatment or what it's like between treatments, mm-hmm. you know? Um, just don't make assumptions. Can right? I, can you I, just want to oh. always stay mm-hmm. empathetic and open when you can. My favorite is this just sucks. Yeah. That, that kind of sums right? it up nicely, doesn't it? Sometimes yeah. it just sucks. Yeah. Can I, you know, especially can I, when they've had speed bumps, right? right and their yeah. accounts aren't recovering and they can't have treatment or, um, you know, a scan is showing another area of the body of concern, you know, so now we're starting to wonder if it's spreading or, yeah. you know, whatnot. Can I what assume, assume for a moment that now if an individual, someone listening right now has been through this very same thing and they've fought their own battle with cancer and now they're speaking to somebody, an acquaintance, a friend, a family member of theirs who's going through it, then maybe some of what we're talking about doesn't so much apply. You still got to be careful what you say, but at least you're coming from a, from an experience of having done it yourself. So it makes it a little bit different, I suppose. Yeah. And in those situations, I encourage people to just focus on your journey, right? Mm. I found chemo to be very difficult or I know this isn't easy um, because you are speaking historically from your past. Right. And as you mentioned earlier, even if maybe you haven't, but somebody close to you has, you can speak from that experience too. But, yeah. But but you can't project all that onto the individual you're talking to because we, we don't know. Whether you've had cancer and beaten it or not, we don't know what that person is going through necessarily. It affects all of us different right. ways. Yep. Mm, good, good. And so no assumptions. No assumptions. No assumptions. You know, and along the no assumptions line, you know, don't assume that just because they're done with treatment means that they're done with their journey. Right? Just because um, someone rings the bell right. doesn't mean their life automatically, magically goes back to normal. Right? I mean, you can congratulate them on the milestone of finishing treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they needed to do 12 rounds of chemo, or maybe they needed to do 20 rounds of radiation, or they needed to have two surgeries and they've just finished the second. Right? You can congratulate them on getting through that milestone. Um, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. But don't say something like, well, now you can get on with your life again. Right. Their life never stopped, right? Their life just changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had people say terrible things like, I bet you want to start dating again now that your hair's grown back in. Oh boy! Like, why? Why would you say that? Um, so finishing treatment isn't the same as, you know, accomplishing necessarily a lifelong goal. You know, it's not like you hike the Himalayas, right? Right. It's you check that not box. something that someone can just simply put behind them, if you will. Well, it kind of like, um, you know when you talk to a- even though they have even though they finish treatment, they will always wonder, sure. is it coming back? They're oh, always yeah. going to have follow-up appointments. They're always going to have scans, right? The appointments and fear of reoccurrence is so high with someone going through cancer. Mm-hmm. And cancer changes people. And I think that's the hardest part for someone who's watching a loved one going through this. Is So you just so desperately want them to go back to the life they had but cancer changes people. It changes them for the good and for the bad, yeah. right? It may have taught them grit, tenacity, how to be heard, how to um, really discover who your friends are. Um, but no one, quote, gets their old life back, right? Their bodies have changed. Maybe they had surgery. Maybe they had a port placed in. Maybe they had a body part removed. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe... They have anxiety now that they've never had or chronic pain that they never had to deal with, you know. So the quote going back to normal is is a myth, if you will. Um, they still need you. And yeah. I was just talking to someone yesterday, a cervical cancer patient survivor, you know, who has, you know, had surgery and finished treatment. And, you know, every time she has a headache or bone pain, she's like, oh, my gosh, it's the back. Sure, right? yeah. We don't really understand the fear in which people live with when they have a cancer diagnosis. Um, we don't always talk about the PTSD that goes with a cancer diagnosis, but it's there. I think we're getting better at it. Mm-hmm. But again, when you're in that fight or flight mode of, you know, you're in the middle of treatment, that's all you're focused on, right? Let's yeah. treat it and, you know, get rid of it and, you know, at all costs. And then it's usually after treatment where that tidal wave of emotion comes into play where 
you know, you finally have the time and space to deal with the emotional and mental weight of everything that has happened to you. And a lot of times people going through a cancer journey need you more then than ever before. Oh, absolutely. And I suppose you could almost make the analogy with what this country has gone through with the pandemic the last couple of years. Every time you got a sniffle or a sneeze or a cough, you thought, do I have COVID? Right. That's the way cancer survivors live the rest of their lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Something doesn't feel right. Oh, is it back? Right. Uh, Like a Marine is always a Marine. A cancer survivor is always a cancer survivor. That doesn't change. Right. I mean, they will, they will always and forever wonder in the back of their head if it's going to come back. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that's for those that go into remission. There are some that continually live with stage four cancer for weeks, months, years, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's always in the back of their head. Is it growing or am I holding it steady? Yeah. Okay. And it's a level of anxiety that we can easily forget about. Sure. Because oh, on the outside, they may they may look normal, whatever normal is, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always there. Okay. That thought is always there. All right. So and you know, lastly, my um, my last point is, you know, so many times we hear about the war on cancer, or you have to fight. Um, I hear people say, you know, you're so brave, you're such a warrior. Not everyone equates to that terminology. Hmm. And so, you know, ask, you know, listen to how your friend talks about her cancer. Are they talking about a fight, a battle, or if they're not using those words, you know, pay attention to that. A lot of cancer patients feel like their lives have been kidnapped, right? They do not, they had no say in it. They have lost control of the trajectory of how they had planned their life to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, so just, you know, pay attention that not everyone uses that whole war battle scenario mm. to uh, to describe what they're going through. The whole fight like a girl thing for breast cancer. Not everybody fits that mold. Right, exactly. Yeah. And not everyone that's going through breast cancer believes in the pink movement. I am not a fan of the pink movement. Oh, really? Okay. But that's mm-hmm. another talk on another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to make a note of that for certain. Uh, all yeah, right. for sure. Uh, so there we go. I mean, and I do encourage folks, if you didn't hear uh, the first half of this conversation, to, to, to go to your blog page at nurseadina.com, A-D-I-N-A, or go to the, our, our website, wvoc.com, or the podcast tab, and go back to April 30th edition and, and listen to the things that, because this is really important stuff. You have no I, I, maybe I think maybe the overall arching theme here, uh, Adina, is, yeah, we really have no idea what somebody, what anybody's going through. Right. Be authentic, be genuine, slow down, you know, leave the door open for if they want to have the conversation. And they may not want to talk about their cancer. They may want to talk about the current sale at Target or what they saw at Marshall's or something they saw on Amazon or TikTok. (laughs) Why is it that we, when, when it's anybody we encounter that has cancer, whether we know them or not, suddenly they become first and foremost in our minds, a cancer patient. Yeah, they, they are not defined by their cancer. Right. Right. They are, they are still a person. They had a life before their diagnosis. They continue to have a life through their diagnosis, and they will continue to have a life after their diagnosis. Their diagnosis does not define them, and so be sensitive to that. 
Absolutely. Uh, your service, let's talk about it for a second, how folks can get a hold of you. Uh, someone going through this journey, you don't have to go through it alone. You're there to help, right? Absolutely. So it's nurseadina, A-D-I-N-A dot com. Um, like I said, the blog article's on there. There's a bunch of resources on there as well. If you want to contact me, um, you can do so on my contact page. You can either call or schedule a 30-minute free call, and I'd be happy to talk to you with what's going on in, in your world. Great. That's nurseadina, A-D-I-N-A dot com. Adina, always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up the conversation in a couple of weeks and see where it takes us. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Do you wish for freedom from glasses and contacts without surgery? Well, now you can be. With Dr. Gary White and Advanced Vision Clinic with corneal corrective treatment. Corneal corrective treatment is not surgery. Using special equipment to take an image of the surface of your eye, custom-made moldings are designed to precisely fit and correct your cornea. Made of special material for nighttime wear, those moldings correct your vision while you sleep. Then take them out when you wake up and see clearly all day. Our vision expert, Dr. Gary White, has helped patients with myopia, presbyopia, astigmatism, and hyperopia be free from glasses and contact lenses utilizing this groundbreaking technique. If you want to be free from glasses and contacts without surgery, schedule your free consultation today at 803-708-9834. That's 803-708-9834. Or visit advancedvisionclinic.com. Advanced Vision Clinic. Give yourself or your child the gift of clear vision without the need of glasses or contact lenses and no surgery. Stress, pain, repetitive pain. Sometimes we need a little help to keep our bodies running smoothly. Find the solution customized to you at Massage Mechanics, the best choice for massage in Lexington. Our trained and certified team has over 17 years of combined experience. We dedicate ourselves to helping you live a better, fuller, healthier, and pain-free life with a range of first-class concierge-level services customized to your needs. We offer prenatal massage, neuromuscular therapy, cupping, sports massage, Swedish massage, and more at the pressure you prefer. Priced by duration, not modality, so there are no extra fees. Making it onto your to-do list is easier than you'd think with Massage Mechanics. We offer appointments at our office and mobile services to residences and corporate offices. Living a better, fuller, healthier, and pain-free life has never been more convenient. Buy your gift certificate or book your appointment today at MassageMechanicsSC.com. That's MassageMechanicsSC.com. Massage Mechanics, making wellness a priority. Last stop this morning on the Health and Wellness Show. It's Jim Snell from the Law Office of James Snell. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, sir. Good to see you, man. Oh, thank you for having me. As always, it is my pleasure. Uh, today, premises liability cases. Yes. Uh, so let's start. I, I'm pretty sure I know what this means just by the name, but let me be exact here because I'm no lawyer and I don't play one on the radio. Um, we talk about premises liability. I'm assuming this is... Somebody falls or gets hurt on somebody's premises. It, that's basically it. Okay. I mean, I bet it could be a lawyer after all. It could, could, could be. You could be. Uh, well, of course, what, what is, uh, what's that song about thank, thank, God for unanswered, thank God for unanswered prayers? You remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that one. <laughs> um, and, uh, yes, you probably you dodged one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's, it, it can't be that bad. Uh, well, there are um, – <laughs> you bring that up. I mean, I I get it. I mean, it's a profession. 
like so many others, it gets a bad rap. You know, Donny Osmond, you know, one bad apple don't spoil a whole bunch girl. Boy, now I'm really dating myself. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wish I could take that back, and I never said that on the air. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, they're – And I will say one thing. I've had – I've heard a lot of kind of jokes or grumbling, whatever you call it, from people in different businesses mm-hmm. that things would be great without the customers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to joke, and I'm going to say the law business would be great without the lawyers, you know, <laughs> if I didn't have to deal with them. <laughs> Ain't no two ways around it, though. You got to have to deal with them sooner or later. Oh, there's some fine people. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, premises liability. Now, I, I know you, you've, this is something you've been involved in for uh, quite some time in your practice. And uh, I, I think today you had a, a specific example of something we want to talk well, about. I just want to kind of talk. So, so premises liability, again, you, you hit it. It's, it's the area of law dealing with um, claims where people get hurt on other people's property. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Whether that, it's a private homeowner or a business or whatever. I guess. Correct. And and it's everything from, you know, maybe maybe at a supermarket there's a spill on the floor and somebody slips and falls. Or, um, um, you know, something, somebody hits their head on, on some kind of low-hanging object that shouldn't be there. Or something falls off the ceiling. Um, but I was gonna, just we'll talk about an example of a case I handled several years ago. Um, not getting too specific, but just kind of the, the general way it was approached. Mm-hmm. I, I we had gotten called uh, on behalf of a of a man who had broken, uh, actually broke a leg and an arm and a shoulder. I mean, pretty banged up, um, and hit his head, falling down a small flight of stairs. Okay. All right. So. He had uh, he had gone to a it was uh, he had gone to a, a business um, that was in an old house, okay. And a lot of you know you go all around Lexington, Columbia. They've got you oh, know sure. different different type of places in in, uh, in old houses. A lot of attorneys' offices are in old houses. Th- there there are <laughs> there are, and 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 what what uh, what the exit uh, the way he he left what it turned out it was a uh, I think it was three stairs brick, okay. With a rail that was a metal pipe had been welded, probably in the '60s or something, mm-hmm. and the thing had probably five or six inches of play where it could just wiggle back and forth. Um, this it's raining. The there was mildew or mold or I don't know what gets on brick uh, mm-hmm, like yeah. that, but it basically was slippery. Maybe algae, you yeah. know. It was slippery. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then at the bottom, there's a, uh, a hole followed by a great rock that's placed uh, where you can hit your head when you fall. <laughs> Which he does. So, so yeah, so the guy comes out. It's slippery. He grabs the rail. The rail wiggles back and forth. He basically kind of stumbles down the stairs till he gets to the bottom. Then there's a hole. That trips and he falls, he hits his head and breaks all these bones. Perfect storm. It's it's and it was bad. I mean, it wasn't, you know, this isn't like a you know a stump toe or bruised knee. I mean, this was you know probably 
30 days in the hospital counting rehab and everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, you know, all right, so, so that comes in, that, that call, and, um, you know, obviously with serious injuries, um, you know, of course, somebody who suffers a fall like that, you know, immediately may not know exactly what happened. You know, next they, they leave the building, and next thing they remember, they wake up in the hospital or are getting loaded in an ambulance or something. Yeah. So really, obviously, the first thing is, um, you know, we need to advise, you know, a client not to give recorded statements or get into a game of guessing what happened with the insurance investigator. Yeah. Yeah, it's not helpful. Um, we were able, um, actually, the family took some very good pictures on the scene, right, right when it happened. Okay, so um, the family, so there are witnesses there. The, yeah, the family yeah, was yeah. there. There was, okay. there was, there was a, there was a family, and then after the fall, other family came, um, and they took, they took pictures. Um, so we had that. Um, we then end up, um, you know, needing basically to kind of document how dangerous this condition is. So, working with the, um, actually the. the the, the insurance company, uh, we end up getting this agreement on a date. We can have somebody come up there and actually do some, take some actual measurements. So in, I end up hiring a, uh, an expert engineer who can serve as an expert witness in these kind of claims. Mm-hmm. And he goes up there and has a way of measuring like the slipperiness of the, of the brick, uh, measure the actual play of the pipe, you know, comes up with all, all those sort of, measurements to where he can say there's you know these deviations from how something should be right. and how something uh to what it is actually documenting how dangerous it was right um and and that in that situation we ended up getting that done up front um and you know i've got well over a quarter million dollars in medical bills and and expenses and of course an insurance company didn't want to pay it. <laughs> of course not. Um, so we ended up, we did end up having to file, uh, file a lawsuit. Um, and, um, you know, but ha- having the initial preparation, kind of getting on it very quickly with right. the photographs and then getting the, the testing and the measurements done. Because sensibly, one of the things that the business owner did was basically remodel that whole area. And this before or after your engineer gets out there, I was going to ask you that because what would have stopped them from going out there and fixing the, the problem before you can really get a good look at it? Nothing, nothing. And, and so that's why it's important to jump on this stuff quickly. Right. Um, and, and, I, and I'll say this in, in generally in South Carolina, the fact that somebody has remodeled or fixed a dangerous condition mm-hmm. is not evidence you can use against them in court. So if, if somebody, if there's something, you know, a, 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 you know, a stair, you know, the railing's loose and somebody goes and fixes it, you can't go in court later and argue, well, they fixed it. It must have been dangerous in the first place. Really? Um, huh. and, when the, and the idea behind that is the courts don't want to discourage people from making repairs or fixing things. Okay. So, um, which okay. makes sense. You yeah. know, I, I think if I, if I remember correctly, the a lawsuit also encourages you to fix things too. Yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. it can't be used against you. Hmm. And uh, I think one of the only, if I remember all the rules correctly, I think the only time that stuff would be usable in court 
is if people try to deny that they own it or that they, um, you know, have control over it in the first place. Um, but that was the thing. It was really getting out there quickly, getting the photographs done, not, uh, you know, letting the insurance company know that the person that got hurt is not going to be, you know, making statements, bef- you know, while they're still on medication and still in treatment. And then getting that expert out there before the repairs have been made to sort of be to document exactly what the condition was at the time of the accident. So how different would this case have been had this individual been there by himself, no other family members around to a, and I don't, I don't know how much as a family member, you've kind of got a, you know, a bias in the case. I mean, as far as a witness to what happened, um, but they not been there to take the pictures, to do all of this. If this guy all by himself, as you say, maybe he trips, he falls, he hits his head. He has no recollection of what happened. I mean, it's a much different, it's a much harder case to try to, to put together then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and, and the other thing is generally in South Carolina for that type of accident. Okay. If it's a private, you know, some type of private property. Okay. There's a three year statute of limitations. So you have three years to bring a legal claim. So if this accident happened and this individual had waited, you know, six, 12 months or whatever before even, you know, thought about bringing a claim, by that point, all the evidence would have been lost, you know? Um, so even though you got all that time, it's not real smart to take time. C- correct. Correct. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I've talked before about how it's important not to rush into settlements and not to try to you know, resolve cases before they're ready, before you've finished your medical treatments, know what your bills are, know what your expenses. At the same time, um, there are lots of situations where, you know, we're going to call it, it's, it's a liability investigation, you know, mm, yeah. that needs to happen right away. Um, you know, I, I, I remember several years ago, well, that's about three years ago, I, I was in an office and actually saw a truck wreck on I-26. Mm. Um you just look out the window and there it is. And, you know, we're having this meeting. And I think really within 15, 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody that I think was from an insurance company out there taking pictures. Oh, wow. Um, just because it was a, you know, it's a bad wreck. Mm-hmm. And those trucking companies have, you know, they got certain protocols they follow because they've got big insurance policies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's how quick it can kind of start moving, you know, on, on one side. And uh, so people can kind of sit by and, and miss the opportunities to preserve the evidence, do the investigation that would be needed to help them. In, in a case like the one we're discussing here, uh, let me ask you this, Jim. Let's say the uh, owner of that business doesn't actually own the property. They're leasing it. Do they... Uh, it would seem to me like in that case, it's the owner of the property who's liable here. But does that person as the leasee of that property have any responsibility as well for the upkeep? So, so some of that is going to get into a, a matter of between the contract or the lease between the landlord or the property owner mm-hmm. and the tenant. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, people, when they rent property, they take it. Um, the way they find it. Mm-hmm. And when you have situations where you have um, things like algae or moss, whatever it was that made it very slippery, um, 
I mean, those are things that are kind of more, I'm going to call it just routine maintenance. Right. That, that right. wouldn't be a, typically I wouldn't expect that to be a landlord responsibility. But the railing, on the other hand. R- railing, railing potentially could be. Now, again, generally speaking, um, you know, tenants take the, the property the way they find it, generally speaking. Um, and the other thing is most commercial landlords have requirements in the leasing where they require the tenants to have insurance and to cover what's called indemnify them. Right. Um, so that was the situation here. I mean, the, the insurance company that ended up being involved was taking responsibility for on behalf of everybody. Um, but typically, you know, typically a lot of premises liability is based on a failure to maybe do the maintenance or keep things clean. The tenant is the one, you know, say the business owner, they're in the, they've got possession of the property. They're the ones who are there seeing the condition. You know, that landlord may not have seen the property for years, if ever, and it can be, you know, it's a lot easier to to identify the, the person who's actually possessing and using the property as being the one who would have that responsibility. Okay. Makes sense. i uh, got just a couple of minutes left, but I, I, this, this raises the thing, and I may have asked you about this before. I don't recall. I, I remember hearing this decades and decades and decades ago when I was at the University of South Carolina, and I took a business law class, and uh, the professor, who was an attorney, brought up this concept of, and I see this all the time. You, you, you're on a, on a business property. You're in your car. You're trying to pull out onto the roadway, but they have got trees, bushes, shrubs, whatever, overgrown or grown so close that you try to. You're trying to look around it to make sure nobody's coming, and it's difficult to do. I remember him telling me in, in a case like that, if you were to pull out then and your, your vision was obstructed because of them not properly maintaining that, that they could be liable. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And I see that all the time. Now, now the, the, and of course, the, the, the other side of it is if you can't see what's, if you can't see the road and you can't be sure it's safe, you don't need to pull out in the first place. Yeah, but sooner, sooner or later, you got to pull out, right? <laughs> sooner or later, you got to pull out. Something's going to happen. But especially in, you know, this time of year when everything just, you know, all the vegetation just starts growing, you know, mm-hmm. God, I've got kudzu next to my office. You know, that oh, stuff's, you know, oh, what, how many feet a day. Um, but no, and that, that, that scenario is plays around, you know, they're, they're, they're residential areas with bushes and, uh-huh. and things and you can't see. And um, I just seem to, I come across that all the time for some reason. Every time I do, I think about that law class at, at Carolina and thinking, I should go back in there and tell these people, you got to cut that back a little bit. Cause I'm having a hard time getting out of your parking lot. It, it's um, it, it's absolutely thing. I mean, again, the the most straightforward legal claim typically is going to be on the vehicle that pulls out when they shouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they, um, but, but absolutely in a, in certain situation um, you have that, that claim available. All right. We're going to wrap it up because we're just about out of time, man. Time flies. We're having fun, doesn't it? It does. Uh, so you're there. Uh, you got offices in uh, Lexington and also in Columbia. Folks uh, need you to talk to you. And, again, you you want to talk to everybody. You may not take every case, but you're wanting to talk, right? No. And, again, for the topics like our cases like personal injury or premises liability or workers' comp, again, there's no money up front. Right. It um, doesn't cost anything to talk to us. The number is 803-359-3301. That's 803-359-3301. Okay. 
And uh, I know you got a couple of oh, sellinjurylaw.com or snelllawwith2ls.com. Uh, a couple of ways they can reach you too, right? And they're welcome to reach out. All right, buddy. Always good to see you, Jim. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Taking care of an elderly loved one is not easy. Becoming a caregiver turns your life upside down and you feel stressed, thinking there are no good options. No one wants to just cart your family member off to the nearest senior care home, especially during this COVID crisis. Retire Ease Senior Services understands what it means to care for your family and relieving you of the stress and pressure without your loved one feeling like they've lost their independence. As a family-owned business, for nearly two decades, Retire Ease has helped numerous families in the Midlands navigate the challenges of caring for a senior family member. You can be assured that your loved one is getting the top most quality care from highly trained caregivers. Let us explain how you and your loved one will benefit from their award-winning services. You have a lot on your plate, which is why you need home care that is made easy. Visit RetireEase.com today and see what other satisfied families have to say about RetireEase. RetireEase.com. That's RetireEase.com. Home care made easy. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.